Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News, where today, January 4th, 2021, a new year, a new week, and a new drama. Uh, In the next 48 hours, two big electoral moments are going to happen. First, the runoff in Georgia will be settled. The two Senate seats, which will determine control of the Senate. If the Democrats win both seats and uh, Vice President Uh, Kamala Harris becomes vice president, Uh, they will have the ability with her vote to control the Senate, even though Republicans have already won 50 seats. If the Republicans win one or more of those seats tomorrow, either Kelly Loeffler um, or Senator Perdue, then the Republicans will control the Senate. And if there is a Joe Biden presidency, uh, they will have a counterbalance in Washington. It will not be an all-democratic town. That's tomorrow's election, and there's lots of things we're going to be talking about there. In a few minutes, we're going to have State Representative Vernon Jones, a Democrat from Georgia who knows the state well, been in the been in office for three decades. He's retiring uh, this month, but he's going to tell us what's been going on on the ground, what to look for, what are the vote totals to watch, what do the Republicans need to do to win, what do the Democrats need to do to win. We're going to talk to him about that famous phone call between President Trump and Georgia election officials, and we're going to talk about the state of the Democratic Party, why he still calls himself a Democrat, even though uh, he disagrees with much of what his party stands for. So much to talk to with the great Vernon Jones in just a few seconds, the state representative from Georgia. We're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to try to bring you up to speed on all of the developments because the other big thing that's going to happen in the next 48 hours, yep, you guessed it, is Congress must decide. Will they certify and accept uh, the electors for Joe Biden in Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, in uh, Pennsylvania, or will they reject one or more states' electors? We don't know yet, uh, but I'm going to walk you through all the processes that are there right now. Uh, But first, let's go to that commercial break from our great sponsors and advertisers. We'll be right back to discuss all the breaking news in this, one of the most dramatic weeks in politics in a very long time. All right, we'll be right back. Let's hear from those sponsors first. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. 
So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As I said, in a few minutes, State Representative Vernon Jones of the great state of Georgia, someone who's been in office and in politics for three, four decades there. He is a Trump-supporting Democrat in Georgia. He's going to give us the very latest intelligence on the ground, in the battleground of Georgia, just a few hours before President Trump lands in Georgia to rally Republican voters. Big stakes, whoever wins tomorrow's runoff election, whichever party wins, will uh, control the Senate for the next two years. Uh, if it's uh, Republicans, uh, they need to win at least one more seat of the two that are there, either Kelly Leffler or Senator Perdue must win. If it's the Democrats, they need to win both seats. And then they got to hope that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get in office on January 20th. But in the meantime, I want to give you some early data here just real quickly. I want to look at my notes. I'm going to bring you up to speed. Uh, here's what we got to be watching for. This is very important stuff. Every election has a turnout model, and uh, presidential elections always have the largest. Mid-year congressional elections in the off-presidential years have the second largest. Runoffs usually tend to be a smaller subset. Now, Democrats have been doing the best work at getting out the early vote. Republicans have been doing the best vote in getting out the day of election vote. So oh, I did some modeling over the weekend to take a look at what's going on. And what I see is Democrats have a much larger turnout early that's ever been mustered in a runoff election in Georgia. But they're running about 900,000 votes behind where they were in the November 3rd election. So what does that mean? President Trump comes tonight to Georgia and he gets his vote out and it votes at 100,000 to 200,000 better than the early vote that the Democrats mustered uh, in the runoff. Uh, Republicans likely will have a narrow victory. If he gets the full vote out and he mirrors, if he gets Republicans motivated to come out just like they did on November 3rd and the Democratic vote stays at its current approximation uh, with the early voting being, you know, about 900,000 behind the pace of November 3rd, Republicans could have a big win. If Republican voter turnout tomorrow, Tuesday, is light, and uh, falls below what the Republicans were able to turn out on Election Day, then the Democrats will control uh, most likely the Senate. So those are the stakes. Those are the numbers. I think that 900,000 gives you a sense, though, that while the Democrats are doing much better than any runoff election and they're running the same playbook, get the vote out early, absentee early vote, Republicans can counter it with a strong Election Day. So what do you got to be watching for tomorrow in Georgia? Watch for long lines, right? We've had uh, Nikki Haley come through the state. All of the establishment come through the state. President Trump was there a month ago. He's coming back tonight for one of those big famous rallies that he does. Uh, if the Republican vote turns out in big waves tomorrow, if the polling places are crowded, then Republicans will probably have a good outcome in this election. If it's a normal Republican runoff turnout model, then they're probably going to lose because Democrats have way outperformed any Democratic early voting model 
for a runoff. So it's all going to come out to get out the vote. It's very close. And those of you watching should be watching closely. Now, I want to talk about one more thing before we get to uh, State Rep Vernon Jones of the great state of Georgia, the Democrat who supports Donald Trump. Uh, we have so much to talk to him about there. But before we get to that, I want to uh, turn to the second big thing that will happen this week, and that's on Wednesday. So we get through Georgia. You don't get a break the very next day from politics. You got to come right back because on Georgia, uh, on Wednesday, the uh, Congress must decide whether they're going to certify Joe Biden's election win, except the electors sent to them by the states where there are disputes. What are those states? Well, Wisconsin's one of them. Michigan's one of them. Pennsylvania's one of them. Georgia's one of them. Arizona's one of them. And Nevada's one of them. And what do we know? As of this moment, according to Just the News' own headcount, there appear to be about 12 senators, led by Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, that are going to object to at least one state's election electors. And then there are about 100 uh, House representatives, could be more, I think it could be as high as 120, based on the surveys that we're doing inside the Republican. It could be anywhere from as low as 40 to as high as 120. I think that'll be the number of Republicans in the House who might object to one or more elector slates. They'll have their say. If one senator and one lawmaker objects to at least three states, then the president's uh, opportunity to object becomes better. But if they don't object to at least three states, right, then uh, Joe Biden will win. Um, So you have to have, first, the objections be stated for at least three states where there are enough elector votes to put the uh, 270 number for Joe Biden into a question. That could be Georgia, Wisconsin, and Michigan, for instance. Um, uh, If three If one House member, one senator does each of three states, then the debate begins. You get two hours, I believe, per state per debate. And then Congress will have to decide by majority rule or otherwise uh, whether or not uh, to accept those states. If Joe Biden falls below 270 because one or more states gets rejected by a majority of the Congress, then uh, there could be a constitutional crisis, a new development here. Right now, my headcount does not indicate that there are enough votes to reject any of the state's electors. That could change, right? We're still calling people. Um, There are many scenarios. One is an outright rejection. Uh, One is an outright acceptance. A third is for a delay in the acceptance. And that's one of the things that right now there's a movement afoot. If you haven't been watching the news the last couple of days at justthenews.com, there are state legislators being organized by groups like the Amistad Project, Phil Klein, who's been on this show, who are trying to get a large number of legislators in the six, five states, five or six states. Nevada's in or out, depending on who you talk to. But the five other states, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Georgia, uh, to get a large number, maybe 100, maybe 150, whatever the number is of these state legislators representing their state to say to Mike Pence, the vice president, please don't certify. Let us try to get a 10-day audit going to find out if there was erroneous, illegal, improper votes in our state. That appears to be the last-ditch effort that's going on that may play out on Wednesday. I can't predict right now. As I said, in the headcounts that I've done and talking to House and Senate leaders and talking to various members and surveying members, it looks as though the Democrats plus a large enough majority or a large enough portion of the Republicans in both chambers are going to vote to certify Joe Biden to be the 46th president of the United States, at which time, uh, after Wednesday night, 
it may be over for President Trump unless some court action occurs or something that we don't anticipate has occurred. So that's what's at stake. We're going to go right from the Georgia runoff and determine control of the Senate to the final decision on whether Joe Biden or Donald Trump will be the president on January 20th. We're going to be covering all that live. We're going to have the president's rally live tonight on justthenews.com. We'll have the electors conference in Congress, uh, the electors session uh, on, on Wednesday live, and we'll be covering it here, stem to stem, as well as the big rally in Washington here, January 6th. They call it the Stop the Steal rally, but there's a big rally here. Uh, people all over the country coming to support the president and to object to the way this last election began, was conducted, and has been conducted since Election Day. So much to talk about. We're going to have all of that now. We're going to go to another commercial break. When we come back, State Rep Vernon Jones of the great state of Georgia is going to join us. We're going to give you the best, latest, up-to-date intel of what's going on the ground in Georgia so you're up to speed for tomorrow's big historic runoff in the state of Georgia. Don't miss it. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, we're bringing you someone right on the ground in the middle of the big Georgia runoff, the one and only state representative, Vernon Jones. Representative Jones, welcome back to the show. It's so good to have you back. John, thank you so much for having me back, and I always enjoy having a conversation with you and, and having your listeners to be involved. Yes, they're lucky to have you on today. So we're trying to make sense of this historic runoff, right? It's going to determine who controls the Senate for the next two years. And uh, what? Uh, let's start off. Uh, you know the state better than anyone. You've been in politics here for 30, 40 years. What are you seeing on the ground, and, and how do you interpret it uh, You know, 24 hours out before Election Day? John, I'm seeing the Democrats go back with their same place that they ran in November. That is, push for their voters to come out early. Uh, historically, Democrats have always pushed for early voting. Um, and this particular case, normally in a runoff, the vote drop off dramatically in terms of uh, coming back for a runoff. But in this particular case, uh, those numbers are up high again for a runoff election. Republicans normally want their voters to come on election day. Right. I have not seen a big effort from Republicans to push early vote again this year. I have seen them push, though, to get out and come back for this runoff. So it's all about in runoff. It's all about who get their voters back. I can tell you Georgia is still a red state, regardless of what happened. Georgia is not a blue state. Right. Uh, it's still very much red. However, Republicans, and, and, and again, they, they're basically – defaulting back to their game plan, and that is come on election day and vote on election day. If they come out in their numbers, uh, the numbers are there, but if they don't come out, they could lose this election. I hope and I believe they will turn out, but remember, there's been that uh, distraction between those who've been dissatisfied, rightfully so, with the transparency and the free and fair election. 
least in their minds and many's minds, right? Uh, because of the number of voter irregularities. But if they're not dissuaded by that and realize there's too much at stake, if they don't come back to left wing, then it's hard to complain. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, now, let me ask you this because you you you've studied the state and you've uh, won many elections there. Uh, when you look at the um, the dynamism, is it a mistake for Republicans not to engage in early vote, or do you think that it's a, a risk worth taking? Actually, in all fairness, yep. um, in an election like this where every number counts, um, the Republicans should have a dual game plan. One, to get their people out there early. And you have to realize there are people who really are concerned about COVID. And it's more convenient to do early voting or absentee voting. Right. Voting. So that that's normal. So there should have been a push on that front. And there should have been a, been a, a push, I should say, uh, as a backup plan to make sure they come out and more come out who didn't make the early voting come out on Election Day. Uh, and the Republicans are running a campaign, in my opinion, based on how things were before. Once you won the primary and you're a Republican candidate, you pretty much— uh, you, you, you Republican nomination, I should say, you pretty much would win the general election. Right. Well, uh, re- Democrats realize that they've had a lot of folks on the rolls who did not vote, and they realize a lot of people were not registered to vote. So they had a different game plan. Let's register a lot of votes, and then let's get them out. Because there's one thing between voter registration and another with voter participation. And so not only they're making sure folks got that are making, they were making sure their folks got registered, they're but voting. they're making sure in terms of now, now you participate. You, you, you've gone through registration. Now the next step is participation. I have not seen that type of effort come from Republicans. And I think that's a mistake. Uh, but I can tell you this, the Republicans have, based on Donald Trump's lead, though, uh, gone after that minority vote. It can make a difference around the fringes. And uh, that, that is something that the Democrats realize for the first time in a general election, uh, where the heads up, they have panicked and realized that, wait a minute, uh, somebody's not instilling that base of voters that we always had, we right. can always count on. Right, right. President Trump changed the dynamics on that. Yeah, that's a really important point. So the history of elections are a presidential election always gets the biggest vote. Uh, a off-year election gets the second biggest vote, and then runoffs tend to be even smaller than, than uh, an correct. off-year election. So right now in the early voting, uh, the early vote, which has been uh, historically in the last election lean Democrat, uh, is about 900,000 votes behind where it was on November 3rd, two days out. So November 1st, uh, there are 900,000 uh, fewer voters right now in the runoff than there were in the general election two days out from the election. But that still means the Democrats have turned out historic numbers of votes and early votes have turned out in a big way. What does President Trump and the Republicans on the ground have to do tomorrow to overcome the early vote? What, what, do you have a sense of what sort of turnout compared to November 3rd that they need to muster to win? Yeah, John, I, I am, uh, uh, I've experienced running statewide as United States Senator right. being in a runoff. And historically, blacks do not come back in a runoff. As a matter of fact, that's what they were, the Democrats were counting on that happening to me when I ran in the Democratic primary. And then the Republican at that time, Saxby Shamas, was very afraid uh, that if I, because uh, I was to the right of him on immigration, right. that if I were in a runoff with him, that my voters would drop off. And that's, that has been historically. Blacks do, do not normally come back and runoff. But in this particular case, 
you're seeing a higher number of blacks come back for the runoff. Now, with that being said, I still fall back to President Trump, and I'll fall back to Republicans. They are going to win this election or lose this election on election day. Yep. Uh, they have to turn out in significant numbers on election day. They can still win this race. It doesn't matter how much more money that the Republicans, I mean, Democrats raise. It doesn't matter how good or how not good their candidates are. What matters? The numbers are there for Republicans to win, but they can only win this election on election day. And that's why they have to come out, not be discouraged by uh, the lack or feeling of, of non-transparency and the Dominion system and all those other things. Right. If they come out, they will win this election. Both House, I mean, both uh, senators will win. But that's what it comes down to. Are they motivated to come back? President Trump is a huge motivating factor. He's the most significant motivating factor. If he can't get you out, nobody can. Right. And so with this president coming, with this president coming, John, yep. that's going to make Tonight's a huge appearance is a big deal, isn't the day it? Day before election. Yeah, that's my understanding. The um, we talked a little bit about this in the aftermath of November third, but there are so many lessons still to be learned. Uh, by both parties about what happened on November 3rd and how we're going to conduct elections going forward. And anyone who says there's total fraud or no fraud isn't telling the truth. It's somewhere in the middle is where all of this occurred. And uh, I'm curious, as you look back now at the consent decree and the deals that uh, Kemp and Raffensperger made with the Democrats and Stacey Abrams, should the Georgia legislature go back and say, listen, we get the final words on this and in future elections, we don't want this type of mobile boxes and other things going on. Do you think there's a will in Georgia to go back and overturn the consent decrees and the agreements that were made and say, we're the legislature, we decide how voting occurs and we're going back to the way things used to be in Georgia. Do you think that happens after this election? John, as a sitting member of the Georgia General Assembly, when I took an oath, um, to serve as a state representative in the state of Georgia. I was authorized and instilled with certain duties and responsibilities. Right. One of them, by law and by law only for state legislators, we set and determine uh, every piece of statute on how elections are conducted and dates here in the state of Georgia. That's left up to the members of the Georgia General Assembly. Right. That's what we do. Now, this Secretary of State went in the back room with Stacey Abrams, who was complaining herself about voter fraud. It's kind of ironic. It is. The tables are turned. Fraud. <laughs> right. And now she's hashtag crickets on it. But for him to go back there now and do that kind of backroom deal without members of the legislature knowing anything about it, and we had plenty of time because we were in session initially. You were. Then we had to recess for a few months because of COVID. We came back into session. We were not aware of those backroom deals and the implication it would have on the voting process in the state of Georgia in terms of, of, of free, fair, and transparent elections. What he did in that backroom was in a very clandestine way. It usurped our authority as state legislators to set the election laws for the state of Georgia. And now you see an impact. And the biggest area for fraud, and this should be Democrat or Republican, this is not a partisan, this is bipartisan. The biggest issue in mail-in ballots, there's so much room there for fraud. This right. one person went in the back room with another person who had their own agenda. And, John, they left open the exposure of potential fraud. I don't like to say more as much about voter fraud as I say about election fraud. There's right. a big difference. Voter go in and 
fraudulently make cast a vote. But the election fraud is one, when you see dead people voting, something happened there. Two, when you see people have voted twice, something happened there. Right. Three, when you see elected officials, or, or, or I should say election officials, counting ballots without and intentionally removing people from the room with your poll watchers, which the state of Georgia statute says that you must allow them in the both Democrat and Republican poll watchers to keep them from being in those rooms when ballots were being counted at the largest precinct in the state of Georgia. But when you start to look at this in totality and people getting ballot requests that they didn't request, John, I got about eight or nine of them in the mail from companies or organizations outside of the state of Georgia saying, hey, here's the ballot request form that you asked for. And I didn't ask for it. Amazing. That is, that becomes election fraud. That starts to tank the system. That starts to break down the public trust. So I'd asked for the governor to have a special session. Obviously, he didn't do it. That would have given us opportunity to either to investigate or review a lot of this among legislators. So they could come back in January, the second week. And I believe they are going to come back. They are going to make corrections. They are going to fix a lot of things. Um, but because future elections matter as well. Uh, but yeah, that was the biggest error. Uh, Raffenberger really took away the opportunity for uh, the people to really have a free, fair, and transparent election based on what he did. That one thing he did that he didn't have the power to do. Yeah, or at that- least, John, let me say this. He should have brought what he was going to do, that consent decree, before it was signed, it should have been made members made available to every member of the Georgia General Assembly so we could ask those questions. You know, 236 members' heads better than two heads. Uh, we probably would have seen a lot of this coming. We just have the input. And I'm sure we would have taken some moves uh, in terms of uh, how we certify those ballots, whether it's signature, uh, whether it's other types of options. Can this software actually change votes from one candidate to another candidate? Well, obviously, we're hearing that it can. Uh, so from that perspective, but this is not partisan. This should be uh, uh, bipartisan. Republicans and Democrats should care about this. And that's why I care about it, because I was sworn and I took an oath uh, um, on behalf of the people of the 91st House District and the state of Georgia. Yeah, it's so important that, uh, and you mentioned the backroom deal, the a state secretary of state and election coordinator, they don't have the authority to change the rules for the election. Only the legislature does. And, right. you know, there's been a ruling in Wisconsin that uh, a lot of people have overlooked. But in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Election Commission, unelected bureaucrats, made a decision that people could declare themselves homebound and vote without voter identification. 200,000 plus people did so. And the Wisconsin Supreme Court says that change was illegal. It should have gone through the legislature. At some point, that's going to get adjudicated back and we'll find out how many of those 200,000. But in Georgia, you just described the same thing. Uh, A secretary of state made a decision that only the legislature is supposed to make. Uh, And so you feel pretty confident that Georgia lawmakers, legislators are going to, the state legislators are going to take their election back and set the rules the way they wanted, not the way Raffsenberger, Kemp, and Stacey Abrams wanted. Is that correct? You, you feel confident? I, I can tell you this. I can tell you some are going to be held responsible for this already in the next election in 2022. Yeah. And I can tell you this. Legislators have heard so much from their voters and from their constituents. I bet. If they don't do anything, it's going to cost them their jobs, too. 
because, again, uh, people are angry, they're frustrated, they don't feel as though somebody's been fighting for them, they're not being heard, um, and uh, it, it, it's making a lot of, they've made a lot of noise. Let me tell you what's happening even in Washington right now, when they count those electoral votes, why are they going through what they're going through? Because those U.S. senators and those House members have heard from their constituents, and that's the last stop gap. That's the last yep. move that they can make, and I am surprised. Uh, why some courts have not heard these cases. Give an example, too. How, you know, state statute is supposed to apply across the board for all counties. How is it that some counties can say, well, we're going to uh, take these ballots later, uh, or we're going to start counting these ballots earlier? H- how can they just do that? And that has happened in several states. And so, and another thing, too, John, I, I hope they address. Right now, people that, I got friends of mine who moved out of state, they receive some of those same mail-in ballots where they've been voting for the past two or three years in another state. But they receive those same requests. But ironically, uh, they're able to to get that ballot, vote in Georgia, and nobody know about it. That's because Georgia, there's no national database. And Georgia can do this without Congress. They can create a national database to be able to download real-time the databases in other states so they can do a database check and see if that person is registered in two states. If they are, they can reject his ballot right then and there. Wow. Or re- reject his So that's uh, a real short, short side of the system, right? There's a gap here for, yeah. yeah. We, we, we do it when you do a background check on someone. Don't that's we check right. all 50 states? Yeah, we do. You know, when you apply for a gun license, don't we check? Right. So there should be, it's easy for this state to create a national database. Consultants have it. Political operatives have these various databases. The news media have these databases from all these different states, the Secretary of State's office, right. who's registered. So why can't the state of Georgia have a, a database, a national database, to double-check and make sure these people are not registered in two different states? And I can go further than that. I would say no longer can outside groups outside of the state of Georgia be targeting voters in the state of Georgia. When I look at the mail where I'm getting from organizations outside the state of Georgia, meddling in and influencing our our uh, voting here in Georgia, that itself should be stopped. And we don't have to wait on the, on, the, on the country to do that. Georgia can do that right here in the upcoming Georgia General Assembly. And I do plan to participate, be there, lobbying. I'll be out of office, but I'll make sure that uh, I continue to fight for free, fair, and transparent elections. Yeah, such an important point. Now, I want to turn to the candidates for a second. So you got... Purdue and Leffler, Loeffler and then um, Warnock and Ossoff. And you've been a lifelong Democrat, even though you've supported uh, President Trump, you've never changed your party affiliation. Do the two candidates that the Democrats put have put on the Senate slate for this year, do they represent the party that you became part of when you first joined politics a few decades ago? Uh, categorically, unequivocally not. Uh, and I give an example. I never heard of the Democratic Party wanting to uh, defund the police. Not when I started 30 years ago. Right. I never heard the Democratic Party uh, talked about and accepting um, socialism and communism and, and, and Marxism. They're doing it now. I, I never knew about a Democratic Party that would want to keep children in, fa- in failing schools based on their policies. They are against school choice. Parents should have the decision, not the government, but the parents should make decisions on their child's quality education. And when kids are trapped in a failing school because of their zip code, and that mother or that father cannot take their kids to a performing school because of what the law says, so that child fails, and that safety net, and you know they're targeted to not to have a quality of life in terms of 
being able to have job opportunities and education, all that, all of that stuff. So when I see the Democrats embrace that, and I tell you the most latest one, I'm totally shocked right now. The the uh, the House of Representatives, the U.S. House of Representatives, led by Nancy Pelosi, and 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 all those other liberals. Now they have a new rule change for the House floor, yeah. where you no longer can refer to someone as Mr. Representative or Madam Representative or him or her or or a or, or father, mother, brother, sister. You have to now talk in terms of gender neutral. He, they, I mean, uh, uh, they, them, parents, not mother and father. Um, uh, your sibling, now you have to call, you can't, you can't say my brother or my sister. You have to say my sibling. What is that? Yeah, what, what, and again, that's where the liberal Democrats have captivated the most conservative, I think, block of people they ever been, that, that's been people of color. Blacks have always been very conservative, but they don't realize that they have been hijacked by the liberal Democrats who have who get their votes but have them carrying out a liberal agenda that's actually devastating and punitive to the black community, the nucleus of the black community, and traditional values by the black community. Uh, and this country, and many families. So, uh, so now, John, if, 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 if you're my brother, and you serve in Congress too, and I walk up to you. I can't. I can't say to you, uh, brother representative. I have to say, member representative. Or my dad served. I can't walk in there and say, hey, you're my father. My father to my father. Wow. Really? Or to my mother? I mean, really? Yeah, we can't even and refer to each other as he. Apparently, yes. Yeah. So, so no. I, that's why I said my party left me. I didn't leave the party. Um, and, and, and these are just basic traditional values. So now what's going to be happening next? They're going to pass uh, public policy to tell kids in school, and they go to school with their brothers and their sisters, and from elementary to middle to high school, you can no longer now refer to your brother, this is my brother James, or this is my sister, uh, Jonathan. Now they're going to say, oh, this is my sibling. Really? This changes a person's quality of life. This is helping a person get a job. This is helping a person start their business. This is helping fund the police department. I mean, John has just gone too far. It's, it is an amazing time. I think a lot of people have not yet fully absorbed the impact of those rule changes on the House floor and what a template it really is for expanding it beyond the House floor. I mean, the House floor is just a starting point. It isn't the ending point for this initiative. It's just and a so, starting point. Yeah, such a, such a great point. Um. Vern, I want to ask one other question. And by the way, yes. by the way, John, that doesn't mean that you're that you're homophobia or xenophobia. That's right. See, that's what they're going to tie around. Oh, you're homophobia or xenophobia. Look, I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm claustrophobia, all right, <laughs> but I'm not homophobia or xenophobia right. because I want to refer to my brother as brother or yeah. my sister as sister, my dad as my father. You know, and so you watch. They're going to try to shape the narrative. If if you if you are against that, that you're homophobia or xenophobia. Now, you just watch what the liberal whites will do. 
it's pretty remarkable. And I, I want to go to another uh, uh, demonization point because I, I think there's a theme here that we're beginning to see. Over the last few days, there's been a discussion that the president should be prosecuted for expressing his opinion on the phone call, that lawyers who represented legitimate Republican interests in the courts should have their license pulled, uh, that uh, state legislators who may try to continue investigating election fraud could be criminally prosecuted. Some of that's happened in Michigan. One of that happened in Georgia. Have we gotten to the point now that our differences have become criminalized, that the, the, the new way that the left is fighting is to criminalize things that used to be covered by free speech in, 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 in America? I wonder if you're starting to see that trend as well. Well, well let, me give you, let me give you an example. Stacey Abrams was a state legislator when she filed the lawsuit. Or let's say when she had a problem of talking about uh, that uh, it was not a fair election. Right. Now, should she be criminalized or should she be uh, uh, um, prosecuted for what she may have said about those elections, whether the sec- to the Secretary of State or any other elected official? I bet you she had some words. Matter of fact, she had some words before that, before Brian uh, Kemp beat her. Uh, uh, so now, First Amendment, what's wrong with the president calling and saying, hey, you need to do this or do that? Now, if he does it based on political purposes, or if he does it based on breaking the law, let's right. say that, let's say if, if the Secretary of State broke the law by having that conversation with the President, that's one thing. Yeah, that's a different thing, scenario. The and, and the President, how many times he tweeted his frustrations out, what he said, and how he felt? That's nothing new. Right. He said on phone calls, matter of fact, what he said publicly, uh, he made it public before he even made the phone call how he felt. That's a distraction, in my yeah, opinion. That's right. Uh, wh- because I tell you, why didn't the liberal media make a big deal about Hunter Biden's uh, computer? In that computer, it talked about stuff with Joe Biden. Right. That was private clandestine stuff with this president. I mean, where this uh, uh, um, candidate, presidential candidate, actually was mentioned in his son's email and others' emails about money going back to the big man, to the big guy. Right. But the media completely overlooked. Matter of fact, Big Tech actually said the New York Post story uh, wasn't worth reading. It wasn't true. So they really they censored it. it from, yeah. from there. Yeah, they censored it. So now, so what's the big deal? That was private. The meeting that Joe Biden had with Hunter and that gentleman who was working for them, who went on Fox and told, you know, what had happened, that right. they were involved and engaged. Yep. That was a private meeting in person, and Joe Biden was there. Yeah. Well, he released a lot of supporting documents, but nobody's talking about prosecuting Joe Biden. So it's the height of hypocrisy. Uh, let's focus. And I hope Georgians focus on the real issue here, because the media is really trying to trying to blur the lines. The real issue here: if you don't want Marxism and socialism, and if you don't want your small business to be taxed, because remember, first Joe Biden said those four hundred thousand or more, but now his his a potential pick for Treasury is talking about now tax taxing everybody. See, they already started out uh, lying to the American people. And so, so John, it, it's, uh, it's just a distraction. If we want to keep socialism from coming in, if we want to stop people from burning churches and killing people and destroying personal property and government property, we have to hold a line uh, here in Georgia. Because so goes Georgia, so goes the country. The country. Yeah. And and will you ever change your affiliation from Democrat? I mean, you, you still are a Democrat. You, you you have such a great, rich family history. Y- your party left you, but 
uh, is there a moment in the future where you call yourself independent or Republican and you, you shed the Democratic <laughs> label or will you continue to remain a Democrat so you can fight within your party to change the things that you don't like in the drift? Well, John, here's what's interesting. I just hope that I don't change who Vernon Jones is. That's such a good point. Because I can go and change to another party and there can be some kooks over there. They can get too far out. Yep. Um, I, I will say I do not align now with 90% of what Democrats are doing. Wow. And I, I really, I, I am on a crusade to show the bigotry within the Democratic Party on how they treat independent thinking African-Americans. In other words, if you're a white Democrat and you cross over and vote for Republican, you're glorified as a Reagan Democrat. Right. But if you're a black independent thinking and you cross over and vote for Republican, then you know what? You're an embarrassment to the party. You don't belong here. You don't share our values. Wow. But John, that is just how much... When a, when a presidential candidate and I've heard Joe Biden say this, words from a president matter. When a president candidate makes comments too, those words matter too, especially if that person makes that comment before and then that person gets elected. But when, a, when Joe Biden said, if I don't vote for him and every other black in this country do not vote for him, then we're not black. Can you imagine if he had said that to the Jewish community? No. Nope. Or to Hispanics, or to white women, or to white men. Yeah. I mean, I mean, can you imagine? But then it gets, oh, well, that's just Joe. Really? That's right. That is Joe. That is exactly who Joe has been for the past 47 years. That's why Joe Biden owned a home where the deed was restricted, where he couldn't sell it, where he couldn't sell it to African Americans. That's why Joe Biden hung out with Robert Byrd who was a card-carrying Ku Klux Klan chapter president who voted against the Civil Rights Act and said he was his hero. That's why that same Joe Biden said that black people aren't as diverse in their thinking as Latinos. Yeah, and that was so just recently. This, this <laughs> he is the head of the right, and this is yeah. recently. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the these weren't comments he made 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, no, that's right. right. And, so, yeah. and so, John, I, I mean, and, and then... For, for black and for anybody who, who, now, John, the left is attacking people based on their First Amendment. Many people I know are afraid to wear a MAGA hat or have a Trump sticker on their, on their car. They don't want their car to be keyed or scratched. People have been attacked because they support President Trump. I know that for a fact because it happened to me. It happened to you, right? I don't hear about where people from the right are attacking those from the left who support Joe Biden. People are afraid at work now to express among their colleagues who they support. But most of it's been people on the right being afraid, losing their jobs, not being accepted. And then on college campuses, which was the one place where you can go and have the freedom of expression. And I'll go back to University of, uh, UCLA at Berkeley, which was the breeding ground back in the day where you can go and hear both sides. It was really about freedom of speech. Now at a university, they're so left-leaning. If, if someone is invited to speak on campus and they're not carrying the narrative of the left, then they're told they can't speak. Yeah. No, you're right. Free speech has literally been put in a box. It's hard to believe, but it's been put into a lockbox in ways that 
not even 10 years ago, I think most Americans could imagine. And that's what's at stake over the next few years. This this debate is going to yeah. dominate this country for a long time to come. Yeah. Well, Representative Vernon Jones, we are so lucky to have you on the show. I can't thank you enough for all that you do and giving us that ground intelligence before this big historic election tomorrow. We're so lucky. And we'll have you back on afterwards and hopefully you can help us make sense of all that's going on in the great state of Georgia. <laughs> thank you, John. I, you know what I appreciate, you have those old-fashioned, old-fashioned uh, journalistic uh, fields where, you know what, you just get information, report information, let people make up their minds. That's the key. You don't have a, uh, a um, you can, matter of fact, you were penalized, John. If you think about it, you were penalized by the liberal mainstream media. Oh, yeah. Because you were just revealing the facts. They didn't want you to put those facts out there. It's pretty funny now that they've all cut up to the Hunter Biden story. Two years ago, my reporting on Hunter Biden was or actually less than two years ago, 18 months ago. Uh, it was deemed a conspiracy theory. And now they're all reporting, right. oh, he's under he's been under criminal investigation the whole right. time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so thank you for all you do. Thank and, you, and sir. Your, your listeners can always. Follow me on my social media at Rep. Vernon Jones. On That's Twitter right. At Rep. Vernon Jones. Rep. Vernon Jones. All right, sir. Well, we are going to be following you. I'm certain we're going to have you back on this great show. And thank you for all you're doing. And we'll watch tomorrow the historic election in Georgia. All right. John, watch one other thing now. Yes, sir. There's a special announcement coming up on Wednesday. Really? Of this week. Where will we tune into that special announcement? (laughs) You're going to to hear something from me uh, on Wednesday. All right. Well, then we may have to have you back still this week. You're the first to know about this. All right. We'll be watching, sir. Thank you you very much. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and come back and wrap things up for the day. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks, that wraps up the Monday edition of John Solomon Reports. We hope that was helpful with the Tuesday election in um, Georgia, the special runoff, two Senate seats. Uh, we thought it'd be great to give you someone on the ground who knows how Georgia operates, what it's like. We gave you a Democratic perspective, but he's a Democrat who likes Donald Trump. And uh, hopefully you got some real good insights as to what's going to happen here. And then we got a big tease from Rep. Vernon Jones. He said Wednesday he himself is going to make a big announcement in Georgia. Can't wait to see what that is. Very excited to follow that news. So check us out. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then... We wish you well tonight and watch all the breaking news at justthenews.com. We'll keep you up to date. Be back tomorrow. Have a blessed night. God bless America and God bless you.